Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. Welcome back to the show. I'm delighted to be with you again today as we look at tax strategies for property sellers that are small-time landlords. Eddie Speed is a real estate investor and author, highly sought-after consultant, speaker, and expert panelist on the topic of note investing and creative deal making. Eddie is the nation's most experienced private real estate note buyer with over the past 40 years, he has closed over 50,000 private mortgage notes, deals totaling over $500 million. Through his company, Note School, he has also trained over 10,000 real estate investors across the U.S. and the world. Can you take us into the show and share an experience that helps shape who you are today? Well, I'm 62. I was born in 1959, so I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. Interesting because we're going to be talking about a little bit about the 70s and the 80s, right? Because it's relevant to where we are in the economy now. But I grew up as a cowboy. I asked you a little bit before we started about your horse background. I grew up as a cowboy. I grew up in a cattle auction barn and rodeoed and horse showed a lot of my life. I would have bet anything in the world. I would have been a rancher or some form of agriculture. And so what did I learn at the stockyards? I learned to work hard. I worked at a stockyard and on Tuesdays was particularly in the fall was a big cow sale. I and mean, well, it, we would start checking in cattle in the mornings and literally it could go until not leave until daylight the next morning. So I learned to kind of work hard. And I think that's just a, you either learn that or you don't. And I learned that as a young age. My father-in-law introduced me into this note business in 1980. And he was a real estate investor, millionaire next door fireman. And he told me something that really made an impression on me because I grew up working hard and stuff. And he says, Eddie, you'll never make a lot of money wiping sweat. That sounds kind of gross in a way. But it was a truth. And so I started out in this note space when interest rates were 20% and everybody in the world needed some form of creative financing or they couldn't survive. And so I learned a specialty trade in 1980. I started out calling on realtors and home builders that were both were carrying seller financing on property. And they were scared. They were really nervous. They were really scared. And I wasn't scared because I'd found a bonanza. See, I didn't know more than they did. I just knew something they didn't know. And so I think that is how creative financing is going to be the story that enlightens people. Hopefully today and how you can use this is that you don't have to know everything. You just have to know something somebody else doesn't know. Interesting way to begin life. Yes, being around horses, I have spent a little bit of time around cattle, and I think they're probably twice as needy. As horses are, but horses take a lot of time and effort and energy. Even just the one horse I currently have takes a lot of hard work. Yes, cowboys know how to work. And yes, your father-in-law is absolutely correct. Wipe and sweat is never going to make anybody wealthy. In spite of what they tell you to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and work hard and find the American dream, you'll never find it that way. Well, Eddie, tell us what a note is. I think many of my viewers and listeners know exactly what that is, but there are some who are not familiar with what we're talking about when we're talking about notes. Well, a note is simply a promise to pay. Now, a real estate secured note 
is a loan that has a principal amount is owed, typically earns interest over time. So it collects a monthly payment and it's secured by real estate. So it'll further, you'll sign a note and then you have another document, which would be a mortgage or in some states a deed of trust or something like that. That's what physically makes it secured by the real estate. So when we say we're in the note business, it's exactly what the bank is. You're just being the bank, but you can be the bank as a private seller. And you've heard it called owner financing or seller financing. And the IRS has very specific codes related to seller financing that most small investors don't know about. And that really is what is unveiled an opportunity in the market. Let's let's get into this conversation in terms of just actually touching base on those IRS codes that relate to notes. I know most of my audience members know about appreciation, depreciation, leverage, and all of those aspects of tax advantages that come with real estate investing. Notes are a different story because they don't come with appreciation, depreciation. And most of us, and I certainly am not really familiar with the IRS codes in conjunction with notes. So take us into that. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, real estate investing became very common. Small investors dominate the market, not the hedge funds. I know you read all this stuff every day and it sounds like Black Black Knight and Blackstone and whoever, you know, dominates the whole market. It's just not true. The small investor owns five houses or less is the one who dominates the market. They own about 70 plus percent of the market share, Urban Institute stats, by the way. And three quarters of those investors self-manage. So they don't hire some company to go to manage it. They do it themselves. So here's a guy that owns a bunch of property, four or five houses two or three, whatever his story is. They don't really have processes in place. They don't really have things. They run a business, but they don't have the process defined to run the business well. And so everybody knows about you can depreciate a house and this and that and stuff. And so they bought it on the dream of I'm on those tax benefits are great. Now, you and I both know that's a tax deferral. That's not a tax write-off. Some people describe their tax situation to me and they are describing it. Look how good I did and I didn't pay taxes. And I said, no, you deferred taxes. The strategy I'm going to tell you about today is potentially, and I'm not a CPA and I'm not an attorney and I don't play either on TV. Okay, so I'm just saying I'm a business guy that's an entrepreneur that finds out voids in the market and figures out creative ways to take advantage of it. So most everything else that entrepreneurs do, I figured this out by accident. I didn't sit in a CPA's office and somebody told me you could do this, right? My attorney, who is probably one of the most creative real estate attorneys in the market, I called him and gave him this idea and he goes... I've been to more classes, sophisticated, high-end classes, and tax strategy scenarios over and over. And you're the first guy, Eddie, that's ever come up with this idea that I've heard of. And what's funny is it's been around for decades, but I didn't think of it decades ago, right? What I do is I pay attention to what people tell me. So note school is a home for burnout landlords. People show up at note school trying to figure out another way that they can be the bank versus a landlord and just doing stuff they never thought. They really realize that their rental property became a lot more work and frustration than they thought. And the virus really enhanced that. Mm -hmm. So a student shows up at my door one day and says, I love the tax advantages of owning rentals. I just don't love the pain. I said, how about there's a big tax advantage that you could do that you could defer all of the profit on your house for a long period of time in the future. So what do you mean? So it's pretty simple. It's called installment sales. 
If you sell or finance the property, you pay the gain, you're taxed on the gain whenever you receive the money. And he goes, so you're saying I wouldn't have to pay the tax when I close? And I said, absolutely not. Now, let me tell you something more important than that. There's another tax scenario that says, if you're a single filer, the first $40,000 in capital gain on any given year are not taxable. Capital gain starts after 40000 On a joint return, it starts after 80000 And you're saying, Eddie, are you telling me that if I sold a property on term and I never collected more than $40,000 in any single year of my capital gains, I essentially am selling a property and not paying any capital gains tax? That's not complicated. Anybody can call their CPA and vet what I just said. Please do. Don't do it because I said it because I'm not a CPA. I'm not an attorney. I am a business guy that's closed 50,000 deals. So I've learned, you know, as the old insurance thing goes, I've learned a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two, right? (laughs) But the point is what that is what somebody like me's job is, which is to be an entrepreneur and find voids in the market and show people strategies that otherwise they would have never considered. And so that's the kind of thing that Note School does. Now, that's not the only strategy that we teach, and it's not the only little weird scenario we figured out over time, we figured out a number of these. But when people say, what is creative financing? That is a classic, what I just gave you is a classic example of creative financing in a marketplace. Because what landlords, I believe, and I deal with probably 80% of the top 500 house buyers in the business in some way, shape, or form, they're telling me their clients who they buy houses from that they're looking at this market and realizing that real estate probably has peaked out. Now, there may there, you're going to have people in this audience today that says, oh, no, Eddie, real estate isn't, it hasn't even started yet. It's going to get way better and way stronger. So I'm going to ask you a question, Alan. If you buy a rent house at a four cap and rates go to eight, what's the cap rate on rentals? God, you've got me there. <laughs> That's... A cap rate is how you determine what a property is worth. Right. It's just a desired yield if you bought a property for cash. So people are buying nicer rental houses today or nicer multifamily today. And they're, they've been buying them at very artif- artificially low cap rates, right? Right. When, but when the cost of borrowing money far exceeds the your investment, that means one of them has to give. Right. Right. So, and we're seeing what interest rates, 6% and cap rates. I've heard cap rates as low as two and a half to 3%. Exactly. Yeah. So the deal is how do you go buy and make money in a market that's getting weird like that? And the way you do it is that you buy, you use terms versus Cash price. Mm-hmm. It's going to get to where cash price doesn't make sense. Now you're saying, how do you know that? I don't know. 42 <laughs> years. And, you know, we study it all the time. And I fully understand that we have a weird set of scenarios. This is nothing like 2008. So getting into while we're not like 2008, believe me, of course, I know that. But we are getting into a market condition where affordability is everything. And that's going to be the real question. Shortage of inventory? Absolutely. Affordability? That's going to be the real thing. And affordability and a recession, economic recession, which we seem to be 100% headed for, right? Those are right. Things. I mean, yeah, quarter number one was a decline and they're expecting quarter number two to be the same. And 
by definition, that's a recession. So yes, we probably are in a recession. We won't know that until mid-July, but... And I think Fed Chairman Powell is making it abundantly clear. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Trying. So th- the point is, this is, on, for some people, truthfully, the biggest majority of people see this as a crisis. Mm. I see it as an opportunity, right? Yeah. So just... To give us some figures here, just backing up to this, the 40,000, the first capital gains of 40,000 are not taxed. And I'm thinking if you're doing seller financing on a home, if you do a 30-year mortgage on that, boy, you could do millions of dollars in order financing before you reach that $40,000 limit there. So yeah, you're talking. Yeah, you're talking about, and this isn't deferred taxes. This is no taxes. That's on it. That. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. I've never looked at it from that perspective. Well, I'm, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I just wanted to look back at that a tad bit there. What, Eddie, what are the opportunities in this crisis? Well, I think number one, so I'm going to go back to how I figured some of this stuff out. So whether a guy is a small investor, a guy wants to be an alternative investor, meaning that they don't, they want to own paper, they want to own mortgages and they don't want to own real estate or whether a guy's a gigantic operator. I had lunch with a guy yesterday that I'm fairly sure is the biggest, owns a company, is the biggest house buyer reseller in the United States. They do north of 2,000 houses a year. And how do I help somebody that's gigantic like that? And so what I do is I teach them a unique strategy that when their buy low, sell high offer doesn't work of how to go reposition and do something in a different way, right? So I teach guys that are like crazy big. Now, I don't try to teach your whole acquisition team to do it. I take a couple of specialists within a gigantic shop like that. Or I could take, you know, your guy lives four doors from you and buys 15 houses a year, right? It doesn't matter. Like just somebody that can focus on it enough to become sufficient at it. Landlords are the most solicited audience for people buying houses at a discount. But small time burnout landlords, number one, undisputed. That's the guy that the biggest house buyers, the business consistently would say, I have more of them than any other people in my customer base. But the guys that I'm fortunate enough to be connected with who do acquisition training for sales teams. So they train of the top 200 house buyers in the business. They train a large percentage of their people. They train them how to go sit at the kitchen table and get a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, negotiation, acquisitions, training. So those guys have some pretty amazing viewpoints of what customers want. And they say the biggest objection, the landlord that doesn't sell is he's worried about his taxes. And so I'm saying, well, that's an easy problem to fix. So I feel like we're filling a gap and it's a big gap. We're not talking about a couple hundred thousand houses. We're talking about millions of houses. We're filling a gap, solving a problem that small landlord would have never thought of on their own. There's nothing genius about the two tax strategies I just gave you. It's in the tax code. Every CPA in America has heard of both of them. It is nothing about that that's complex. And there's not the, nothing controversial about it either. No, I mean, it's not it's like a question. It, it's cut, it's straight and cut forward. And so, but so what I would say is Eddie didn't invent Eddie, any of that. Eddie just configured it, mm-hmm. right? I configured it with inside of a deal to show people something that they didn't they hadn't thought of. And so it becomes a great deal for the landlord 
It's a win-win because they keep cash flow. They bought the house wanting cash flow, right? Correct. Yes. Cash flow. I mean, they also wanted the appreciation and depreciation, but yes. Cash flow is certainly a big part of it. Well, and once again, if you're talking to somebody six months ago, let's be fair about it. People were running around essentially saying trees are going to grow to the sky. <laughs> yeah. And they had, you know, real estate values gone up about 15% for the last two years. And that's a crazy number. But all of us that have some gray hair know that that's a unique market cycle. That's not a duplicatable 10-year scenario. Right. So we had a good run and all of a sudden that's been really great. But all of a sudden now, you know, with fears of all of that, and I know rents have gone way up, right? I fully, completely got that. But you're a landlord. Can you go raise your tenants rent 10% a year for the next five years? Rents have certainly gone up in the last couple of years. I sincerely doubt, and I haven't really looked at this, but I sincerely doubt that rent increases are keeping pace with inflation. They just can't. The super seasoned landlords, I know, admit that to me. The only way you can do it is you had to kick your tenants out every year. If you rolled all your tenants over every year, you could do that. But a tenant that you want to keep in a property long term can't afford that level of increase. Exactly. So the reason this is a good inflationary strategy is it becomes a true predictable income, right? Right. And an income that has a unique characteristic to it, which says I'm avoiding some tax and how I've configured how I got paid. Eddie, take a moment here and tell our viewers and listeners a little bit more about the Note School, how they can get to that and how they can take advantage of what you have to offer. Well, I formed Note School about 20 years ago, and I really did it because people constantly said, well, how does this work? And can you answer some questions? And what about this scenario and stuff? So the first thing is we built Note School really to help investors that want to be passive with strategies that are far more passive than owning rentals. We help real estate investors with creative finance deal structuring strategies. And then obviously, we also buy non-performing notes. And so that hasn't been the thing. But did you know, there's a couple of million non-forming notes out there right now. And that's not near like 2008, but probably if you look in the past 50 years, other than 2008, we haven't had 2 million delinquent notes in the marketplace at one time like we do now. And so that's going to be an opportunity there as well. So there's different things people can do. There's not a one lane they can go. And Note School does a pretty good job. And we have different classes and specialization, depending on what somebody does. So a lot of times I've learned that people are like, well, I just have some questions. So what I did was I took about the top hundred questions that were frequently asked, and I put that into a book. And the book is Ask Eddie. And so we have anticipated to some degree that people are going to have, what about this? Or how does this work? How do I become comfortable with this idea? And so that's how we kind of start people down a lane is they just go to noteschool.com forward slash get started. And I know it's in your show notes and we're going to give them a book. And that book is based on what we've experienced. And then we'll make available to them. I gave them especially little workshop that it relates to this tax strategy I alluded to a little more detail, drill down in that area. And if they're interested in that, they can do that. And we just, we know that people are intrigued a little bit, but they're, a lot of times they just need a little more information. They just need to, and so we want to say that 
The first thing you should find out, is Note School a fit for me? Do I like what Note School does? And so we're trying to give some easy paths, some low thresholds for people to go over to just kind of say, this is what we do. Can we, are we a fit? Can we help you? Eddie, just one question I have here. I mean, certainly you can, I can see how this works for single family holders of anywhere from two or three or four or five up to 10 or so houses or even 50, 60, 100 or so. Can this also work for commercial investors, for multifamily, self-storage, mobile home parks, and so on and so forth? Tax law does not specify anything about the asset class. So it it could work for any... Perfect. It would work perfectly for... All of any of the asset classes from any sort of form of commercial, any form of, you know, other forms of residential property, you know, whether it's multifamily or any of that. So it the tax law is very it just talks about how you get the money and how much money you get. And as I said, for a larger operator. It's if you joint file, the capital gain starts at about 80 grand. So understand now that's that has some there are some limitation. That's not that doesn't fit every person, every per like so don't pursue this without confirming with your CPA and appropriate accounting advice about how this works. But it what I'm sort of trying to do is to drive you into an area of asking them questions that otherwise you wouldn't think to ask. Yeah, I mean, they could already be capping out on their capital gains through other sources. So certainly it's not going to be everybody. Yeah. But it sounds like an excellent strategy for many sales, particularly in like you're talking about in today's environment. That is absolutely crazy with cap rates and interest rates inverted. And I have never really thought about that or talked to anybody who's really talking about that inversion. They're talking about the inversion of, just let my mind, (laughs) the inversion of stocks, prices in terms of the other commodities and what have you. But I'm not hurting by talking about cap rate inversion, interest rates. But an interesting concept there, and certainly it can't continue in that realm. And $2 million in non-performing notes. Two million notes. Of notes. Two million notes. Actually, no. two million notes. notes. Oh, wow. That is, there's got to be a lot of opportunity. So you've just changed my mind on notes. Notes. So thank you, Eddie, for doing that and being so informative today. Enlightened investors, what a show we've had today. And I know you've enjoyed it. And I know you've learned a lot. Thank you for being with us, Eddie. Thanks for sharing your expertise and knowledge with us. It's been a great show. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com. 